Hey, you're listening to the Abide Podcast. To find out more about Abide, go to AbideChurchFL.com and enjoy today's message. What's up, Abide Church? Super excited to worship with you guys on this Palm Sunday. As my wife said, at any point during the message, if you want to comment below, we want to hear what God is speaking to you. We're not here today to, to, to create some kind of a spectator thing, but we really want you to participate with what God is speaking to you. So you make this experience awesome. And so today we want to talk about Palm Sunday. Why is Palm Sunday important? What does it mean for us today? And I know there's a lot of things going on in the world right now, and we've made this declaration as a church. We do not live in reaction to to what the devil's doing in the world, but we live in response to God. So here's what I'm believing. As we look at as we look at Palm Sunday and what it means for us and the significance, I believe God's going to speak to us. And we've been, we've been making this declaration as a church that God is going to begin to breathe into homes. He's going to begin to speak to us, and He's going to do an amazing, amazing thing right where we are. Right, He'll meet us where we're at. And so today, I want to look at Matthew 21, and I want to open up the Bible, and I, and I want to speak to you about this 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 passage that is about the triumphal entry of Jesus. Throughout the Bible, we read in the Old Testament how there was all of these prophetic words that were speaking about a Messiah that was to come. And the amazing thing about Matthew 21 is this, this is the fulfillment, the beginning of the fulfillment of everything that the Old Testament was talking about. This Messiah that was going to come and he was going to change the game. Everything was going to be different. And so this for us marks the beginning of Holy Week. We, We are this Sunday entering into Holy Week and this is super significant for us. Because with Jesus, man, man, nothing is wasted. And so through this text, we see that, that Jesus, he, called, he sends his disciples out to grab a donkey and a colt. And, and we see the beginning of this, of this fulfillment of a prophetic word. And there's this image, right? There's this image of Jesus and he's riding in on a donkey. And in Matthew 21, you see this as, as he sends them out Then the two disciples, and I want to start reading in Matthew 21, verse 6. The two disciples did as Jesus commanded, which he commanded them to go get a donkey. They brought the donkey and the colt to him, and they threw their garments over the colt. And then in verse 8, it says this, Most of the crowd spread their garment on the road ahead of him. And others, they cut branches from trees, and they spread them on the road. And Jesus, this is amazing, Jesus was at the center of the procession, and all the people were shouting around him, Praise God for the Son of David. Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Praise God in the highest heavens. Some of your translations may say, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. And there's this amazing scene in Jerusalem as Jesus is coming in for what would be the beginning of this amazing sacrifice that was given for me and for you. And so some of the people you see in verse 10, the entire city of Jerusalem was in an uproar as he entered. Who is this, they ask? And the crowds replied, it's Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. And so there's this amazing, amazing scene where Jesus is riding into Jerusalem and it's the beginning of of, of the fulfillment of us being made whole. And as he's walking into this city, the people begin to pray, shout, Hosanna, 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 praise God, praise God. And this scene is set where they're all ministering to the Lord as he's coming in. And I just love this scene, right? Because at this point in in Jesus' ministry, you have to realize that one third of the gospels takes place between this Sunday and next Sunday. One third of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the synoptic gospels, it takes place between Palm Sunday and Easter Sunday. And so this is significant for us today because Jesus, as he's riding in, he's riding into a group of people and they are prepared to receive him. 
And in the midst of this time, I think it's important for us to be a people of praise, right? That we're a people of praise. We, we have prepared our hearts to receive the Lord no matter what's going on around us. Listen to me. It's time for us to slow down, take a breath, and to look around and, and to receive from God, right? And so we know that Jesus is coming, right? We know that he's coming. We as a people were waiting to receive him. But here's what happens, man. These people who, who were worshiping Jesus as he was coming into the town were this very same people days later that were shouting, crucify him. You see, when, when Jesus was entering into this town, and here's, here's the, imper, the important point that I feel for us in this, in this first segment is, what does it look like? What does Jesus look like for you as he's entering into your life? Every single one of us, I don't think any one of us watching this, this TV right now or your screen, whatever you're looking at, would argue that Jesus is the Messiah. But what I do know is that we all have our different interpretations of who Jesus is. We all have our different interpretations of how Jesus would come, how we, sh how we should respond to him, and how he should respond to us. And so we see this imagery, right, of Jesus walking in, and we see these people laying down palm branches. And as I was studying this week, I, I was looking at, at, at the significance of the palm branch. And the palm branch means this. The palm branches, they symbolize liberty and freedom. And so these people, they had read the Old Testament, and there was Pharisees, Sadducees, there were Zealots. There were all of these people groups, and all of them, they expected Jesus to come in a certain way. Some thought that Jesus would come as this powerful man to overthrow. Some thought that they would come this way or that way. But, but here's the point, right? All of us, we have an expectation of how Jesus is going to come to us. And here's what I feel is important for us today. As a people, for you and for me, that we would, we would be a people that we would lay down our palm branches, meaning this, that we would lay down our expectation, our understanding, our interpretation of how Jesus would come. Because here's what I know. When we come to Jesus with our agendas, when we come to Jesus with the way we think he should respond, we're not ready to properly receive him the way he should be received. And so what, what I feel for us as a people right now is that we would be a people that we would praise him for who he is. We've talked about this. There's, there's thanksgiving, there's praise, and there's worship. And so I feel in this moment, it's important for us right now, right, to just slow down and check our hearts. For us to praise him, praise means this, we, we, we worship him because of, of who he is. So we're not just thanking him for healing. We're not just thanking him for deliverance. We're praising him because he is healer, because he is deliverer. So in these next few moments, I want us to, to, to put ourselves in that scene. As Jesus is coming to us, and make no mistake, he's in your home. He's in your home right now, and he's ministering to you. In what ways can we praise him? Who is God to you right now? So here's what I want to do as we enter into this next little, next little time of worship. I want us to begin to write down in the comments, right? Who is Jesus to you? As they were worshiping and they were saying, Hosanna, praise be to God. Let this be a personal time for us to enter into praise and for us to worship him in a new way where we lay down our expectations. Listen, expectations are not a bad thing. There's nothing wrong with expectation, but our expectations have to be funneled through who God is and not how we want to experience him. So let's take these next few moments and let's begin to praise God. And let's begin to write down who God is to us as we listen to this next worship song. Bless you.
segment we talked about what it looked like when Jesus walked into this amazing scene where all these people were praising him and it was awesome seeing all of you guys writing stuff below and praising God in different ways but something interesting happens in the story of Palm Sunday and it's it's this right these people that are praising God and they're singing Hosanna and they're praising him are the very same people that a few days later are the very ones that are saying crucify him crucify him crucify him and so you got to ask yourself like what went wrong right I know it's easy for us to get caught up in life and to one day be saying something and then another time be saying another thing, but, but that's, that's what happens when, 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 we, when we follow Jesus and our ex expectations are not met. Like, what, what is disappointment? Disappointment comes from an unmet expectation. And as we said, as Jesus walked into this, into Jerusalem, there were all these people with all these different expectations. And I know in my life, the Bible talks about guarding your heart, right? Guard your heart above all else, for, for from it flow the issues of life. And then, and then it talks about hope, right? How hope deferred, it makes the heart sick, but, but a desire fulfilled is a tree of life. So we know it's important for us to have expectations and for those expectations to be met. I think what's important here is that our expectations, they come from the Lord. 
Like our expectations and the things that we're waiting for and the things that we're believing for, that they are rooted and they are firm in Him. And I think this is where everything kind of went wrong in the story. These people, they had their expectations and they had, they had these things that they, they, they believed the Lord was going to do. But the truth was, the, the, the breakdown was in, in their interpretation. Their interpretation was what influenced their expectations. And I think this is where we get in trouble, man. All of us, we have a different interpretation of who Jesus is, how He's going to respond in our life. And if we don't allow God to shape those things, right? If we don't allow God to shape those things, then, then what begins to happen is our heart begins to, to become sick. And we begin to make the wrong decisions. We begin to respond in, in a wrong way. We begin to speak death with our words. And we've been learning during the season the power of our words, what we're saying. And so it's not enough for us to be saying Hosanna on Sunday and to be speaking death on Wednesday or Thursday. What, what God wants from all of us is for us to be people of promise. And so during this time, as we're about to enter into Passover, which is significant for us, I, I began to read the scripture and I realized that, that, that the Lord, He promised promises us through, through, through Passover, there, there are these amazing promises, and I want to read them to you because I, I think they're beautiful for us today. If you want to turn in your Bibles to Exodus 6, I want to read you four promises that, that are given to us from Passover, and it's this. Exodus 6 verse 6 says this, therefore say to the people, I am the Lord. This is the first promise. I will set you free from your oppression and rescue you from slavery. Second promise, I will redeem you with my powerful arms and great acts of judgment. And the third, I will claim you as my own people and then you will know that I am your God. What an amazing promise. That, that, and, I, and I feel like this, this begins on this Palm Sunday, right? That, that God, the Palm Sunday, it speaks to us this, that, that he was marching into Jerusalem for a purpose. He was marching into Jerusalem for the purpose of making us his people. There was no coincidence, man. The, the, the day that Jesus walks into Jerusalem was what day? It was a day that was called for them Lamb Selection Day. So, so, so one day a year, there was a day that was Lamb Selection Day, and, and it was when the people would go into the market and they would choose their lamb that they would, that they would give to the priest for their sacrifice, which would atone for their sin. So watch this. On Lamb, on lamb Selection Day, Jesus, the ultimate lamb who was slain, he walks into Jerusalem, and they're all worshiping him, which means this. They, they recognized he was the Messiah. They recognized that he was, he was their king, that he was the one that was to come. But what happened? Their expectations were not met. And unmet expectations, we all face this, right? Like, like there are times where I come home from work, and maybe I come home, and my expectations are unmet. Why? Because we have these crazy expectations. So in my world, in Gio's world, I walk into my house, and I'm greeted by my wife with an amazing kiss. She greets me with a kiss. And then my kids come and they greet me and it's just amazing celebration because daddy's home. And then my wife leads me to the couch and she reclines my couch and she takes off my shoes. She brings me my drink. And, and the reality is when I come in with this expectation for my home, listen, and all the years we've been together, this has not happened once. And on the flip side, you got my wife, right? She has expectations. I come home and she's wanting me, oh, finally, I get a break from the kids. And, and here's what I'm trying to say. We all have these expectations and when those expectations they, they, they become unmet that's where the tension happens right and so listen God Jesus coming into Jerusalem that day this Palm Sunday is an amazing opportunity for us to recognize that it is finished when he entered into Jerusalem everything began to happen for us to live in freedom and, and for us to bring and for us to believe that that there's more so as Jesus speaks to us all of us individually during this time 
Remember, we don't live in reaction to the devil. We live in response to God. I want to ask you today, what promises are you believing God for? Again, the promise is not the expectation. We are to be people of expectation because we are people of promise. I, I just read to you in Exodus 6 some amazing promises that was given to us where he would redeem us. We would see his powerful hand. He, we would become his people. But as people of promise, right, we have to ask ourselves, did our promise, did our expectations start with God or did it start with us? Did, did our expectation begin with our interpretation of the way we think Jesus should be coming? Or is it for, for who Jesus really is? And I, I believe that this, this, mo, this time could be an amazing opportunity for God to recalibrate us. To, to align our expectations with His expectations. And listen, God wants you to succeed. Everything that He has put in your heart. He wants it to, to come into fruition. So what we need is to align ourselves with Him. That we would not be people that would be saying, Hosanna, praise be to God on Sunday. But a few days later, allow hope deferred to make our hearts sick. So here's what I want to do in this next song. I want to ask you, what are you believing God for? Like what promises has He given you? I know 2020 was a year where all of us, we had these things we were believing God for. And you know, we promoted 2020 the year of vision. 2020 the year of this. But I want to say something to you, man. Godly vision is about seeing past where we are and to where God is leading us. Did you hear me? Godly vision is about seeing past where we are and recognizing where God is taking us. God, God, we trust where you're taking us. And we do not let temporary circumstances take our eyes off of eternal truth. So, so, so as this next song happens and plays out, I want you to write down. We're, we're all going to be writing. What, what are you believing God for? Listen, his promises are alive. COVID-19 has changed nothing. What are you believing God for as we worship? And let's partner together in believing God.
So as we talk about the last segment, what I want to talk about here is how the triumphal entry of Jesus announces this. It announces there is a better way. And I know right now we're living in a world that, that is, there's a lot of go things going on around us. There's a lot of different ways to respond. But what I feel this week screams to us is freedom is here. Like it is alive. Jesus is alive. And the fact that he rode in on that donkey that day and fulfilled all these prophecies gives us the assurance that we can carry this gospel. You know, the great, the great Commission speaks to us to go and make disciples of all nations, to speak to all the world. And I feel like right now, we have an amazing opportunity to preach the gospel, to live the gospel, to respond the right way. And so in Mark 2 is one of my favorite stories. And it's, it's a story of, of some men who, who took a paralyzed man to Jesus. And I feel like right now we have the opportunity to carry, to carry people to Jesus and to allow them to step into freedom and wholeness and healing. And so I know a lot, this is, this is what seeing Jesus rightly does, right? As we begin to praise Him, and as we bring our expectations and we align our expectations with Him, what He begins to do is He begins to use us. And so what we find in Mark chapter 2, there are these men, and they have heard about Jesus healing, healing blind eyes, heal, healing those who can't hear, and they get this idea, right? What if, what if we took this, this, this lame person, our friend, to Jesus, this paralyzed to Jesus, what could he do within the life of this man? And so uh, there were at least four of them, right? It says the four and some. They, 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 they carry this man to Jesus, and Jesus is doing his thing, right? He's in Capernaum, and he's ministering the gospel. And I just love this because this is what happens when we see Jesus rightly. They saw Jesus, and they recognized, if we can just take him to Jesus, everything will be changed. Everything would be different. So they carry, man, if you've seen The Chosen, The Chosen does such a good job portraying this scene. As these men, they, they carry him up on, on the roof of the house and they break open the roof and they drop this, this paralytic man in front of Jesus. And here's this scene, right? The house is full because everywhere Jesus went, the place was packed because they wanted to hear what Jesus said because his words were life. What an example for us today. What would happen if we as believers, everything that came out of our mouth became life? And so Jesus is there and he's preaching, he's ministering, and life is being, is being poured out over all of the people. And all of a sudden the roof begins to, to, to rip and there's a hole in the roof and this, this, this paralytic, he's being lowered down. And I love this because, because in verse 5 of Mark chapter 2, something interesting is said. It says, seeing their faith, say their faith. Seeing their faith, it wasn't according to the paralyzed man's faith. It wasn't even necessarily according to the plan of Jesus because he was in there doing his thing. It was according to their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, My son, your sins are forgiven. And as you read the rest of the story, not only were his sins forgiven, but complete wholeness happens. And he, and he was healed after so many years of not being able to walk. And I feel this is a prophetic word for us today. As we begin to praise God, not just on Sunday, but throughout the week. And as we begin to align our expectations with His expectations, as we begin to align our will with His will, and not just bringing our interpretation of who we think Jesus is, or the way we think He should respond. Listen, there's a lot of things going on in the world right now. And different people believe, church, should church be open, not be open? Should this be happening? How should we be responding? Here's what we need to do. We need to fix our eyes on Jesus, who the Bible says is the author and the finisher of our faith. And we need to be people who we're looking for opportunities. Remember, according to their faith, with everything that's going on in the world right now, here's what I know. There's lots of people that are paralyzed. There's lots of people that they're immobilized. 
physically, emotionally. They're paralyzed by fear. They don't know what's going to happen with their jobs. They're paralyzed by sickness. All of these different things that they're stifling and they're paralyzing people. We have the opportunity as his bride, as his people to step in and allow our faith to be the thing that says, hey, let's go to Jesus. Come on, he is the answer. He is the one who changes the game. So we allow our faith to motivate us, to point people to Jesus, and we allow him to do the work. And so here's what I know. In these, in these next few days and weeks, come on, here in, in Hillsborough County, we got 30 days of quarantine. Here's what I know. We have the opportunity to fix our eyes on Jesus and to help others do the same. And I know every single one of us right now, we know people that are going through a difficult time. And this is an amazing opportunity for us to walk out the gospel, right? For us to accomplish the Great Commission. We may not be able to meet in buildings, but hear me today. What God is doing today is much bigger than a building. What he's doing today is much bigger than, than, our, than our normal social gatherings. What we have the opportunity to do right now is we have the opportunity to respond. And, and, and through our faith, man, through your faith, the Bible says this, that you need faith only the size of a mustard seed. So, so your faith, your little bit of faith in, in the hands of God is much. So we praise Him, we align our expectations with Him, and we allow, we go in faith. You say, well, you, I, I just don't feel ready. I don't know the right words. Here's the amazing thing about walking with the Holy Spirit. As we trust Him, as we walk with Him, He will give us the words to say. He will enable us. The Bible talks about a quickening, meaning He will give us the ability to accomplish that which He has sent us to do. So in this next song, man, I want to ask you, what steps of faith, what steps of faith do you need to take? It could be a small step, but what steps of faith do you need to take to see the paralyzed become whole? To see the world, what steps of faith do you need to, to take to allow your light to shine bright? Who do you need to call? Who do you need to text? Who do you need to reach out to? Who, who do you need to give? Come on, I know, and we've said this week after week, this is not a time for us to close down and to self-preserve. This is a time for us to reach out with the gospel. So in these next few moments, as, as we're ending and closing this service, I just want to ask you, what step of faith do you need to take this week? What does it look like for you to, to live out this Mark chapter 2 where their faith enabled them to go and because they went, because they responded, God reacted. And, and a person found wholeness that day. So in these next few songs, in these next few moments in this song, just, just write down below maybe one or two things that you can do this week to respond in faith to what God is doing around you.
You know, this may look very different than what you're expecting as we get ready to enter into Holy Week. You know, this was not exactly how we were picturing uh, Easter 2020, but we are excited that we get the opportunity to, to take communion with you today. And we just, we know that communion represents the body of Christ and the blood. And so as we get ready to go into this wonderful week of his death, but even more importantly, his resurrection, we wanted you to do this in remembrance of him. Yeah, so we, we, we've encouraged you throughout the week to get stuff for communion, for your family to sit down. And again, this Palm Sunday, it represented the last week of his life, right? Where his, where his, his, his ministry would end and it would, it would just start to begin what ministry would look like for us. So, so this week we remember that our sinless Savior took the punishment that we should be receiving. This week we remember that while we were sinners, he died for us, right? It's a remembrance and we do this often. We'll take communion this week, we'll take it next week, but more, this week we were reminded that we cannot save ourselves. Come on. No. We cannot save ourselves, Christ saves us. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna take communion. I'm gonna have her pray for the body and I'll pray for the blood. And I encourage you to, to come together with us and take communion as family. So Father, right now we just thank you for your body that you broke on Calvary for us, God. We thank you for those stripes that you took on your back for our healing. We thank you that in your body there is victory that came out of this. And Lord, we just bless this time, Father. And we just take this time to just focus on you, Jesus. During this season of chaos, Father, we just lay this chaos at your feet. And we just thank you, Lord, for your body that was broken on behalf of your children. We thank you for the freedom that this gives. You may partake of the body. Yeah. And Lord, we just thank you for your blood that was poured out. God, as you went into, into Jerusalem that day, you, you knew what you were doing, Lord. And we thank you for that sacrifice that atoned for all of our sins. We thank you that it was finished that day. And as we were reminded, God, of what you did on that cross, as you took nails in your hands and feet, and as your arms were, were, were wide, Lord, we just thank you, thank you, thank you for your blood that was poured out. We thank you that this matters. And we are reminded, God, that you are good no matter what situation we face ourselves in. In our living rooms today, let our proclamation as we drink your blood be, God, Jesus, you are good. You are good and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 We want to thank you guys for, for interacting in our service. We hope you enjoyed today. I know this is strange and it's been all different, but, but we know that the Holy Spirit is there. He is with you and he's, he's providing protection for you so there's nothing to fear. We look forward to when we can gather again to, together and worship together. It's going to be a celebration that week. It is that it's we... going to be a fun time with Jesus. Yeah, so we love you guys and we'll see you guys soon. Bye.